I'm really, <clears throat> really excited what God has today. Um, it's funny because um, we had such a great time on Saturday, first of all, with the ladies. And, um, and it was so good what Pastor Vicki brought forth. And um, we had such a good time. And it was based on the, whole, um, the honey, the oil, and the wine. And, um, and um, the worship team on Thursday night began to pull from the heavens on that about the honey, the oil, and the wine. And we had such a good time in the spirit of the Lord on Thursday. Um, if you didn't get to come, you know, I know sometimes my husband will, will do recordings on it. and You can go back and, and listen and watch. But um, it's so in key with what the spirit of God is saying right now that we need the, the honey, the oil, and the wine right now so desperately in the kingdom of God. And so um, I'm really, really excited. You know, <laughs> um, this morning, we're very transparent, me and my husband. And, um, <laughs> and this morning, it was like one thing after another after another for me, like no lie. Like I had left my, my, <laughs> my, um, my iPad charging all night, and then my, my cord messed up, and it didn't charge it. And so, like, this morning, I'm like, Wonder Wheel. No Wonder Wheel. Like, the movie's toys, you know, <laughs> where it starts deflating. I'm like, no Wonder Wheel. But <laughs> it was just, like, one thing after another. And I was just like, you know, after a while, you know, that you deal with something one after another, eventually, I was just like, I'm done. Like, and I just started laughing with the Lord this morning. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be, you know, overwhelmed in this situation. I'm just going to, you know, and it's funny because I was watching videos all weekend. And one of the videos I watched was of Joyce Meyer. And she comes out talking about um, how Jesus... She comes out talking how she was, because she's, you know, she's just very real like that, and I like that about her. But she talks about how she was at a spa at this very expensive hotel, and they couldn't find her pants when it was time for her to leave. And she says, you know, God has a, a humor in, in, in making us become humble and in humility with him. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I was like, God, that's why you had me watching that video. I was like, because, I mean... <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in that position, but it was just like when you go through things one after another and being real, I was just begin to laugh this morning. I mean, to the point like I'm sitting there and I'm just worshiping the Lord and then my, my, my mint just blows out of my mouth onto the floor and I just started laughing and laughing because I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I get it now, God, because it's not about us. It's about the Lord, you know? <laughs> And as, as much as we try to look and be like this perfect people on the outside, we're real people and we have real days and we, ha we go through real things. And, um, and so I just wanted to open up with transparency because when you begin to open up with transparency, it brings breakthrough for others around you. And, you know, I could have sat here and just been like, you know, I could have sat here and, and just like, gone on with my day and, you know, come up here all, you know, you know, primped and proper. But I was just like, you know, God, I'm going to laugh about this. I'm going to, and we need to learn how to do that. We need to learn that, you know, <laughs> we need to laugh at the devil, laugh at his plans, laugh at what he's trying to do with each and every one of us and, um, and laugh about it and not be overwhelmed by it. 
And so that was a, a <laughs> that was a little lesson this morning. I just couldn't stop laughing. But, you know, um, the Lord has, you know, I have been praying all week, and the Lord just started downloading some things to me just, you know, like literally just yesterday. And I was like, you know, God, I was like, come on, God, I don't know what you're trying to say, but, you know, <laughs> Sunday's around the corner here, so we, we got we to gotta work on this together. <laughs> but he's so faithful, and he's so good. And he's never too late and he's never too early. And I tell that to a lot of people because I've seen him come through so quickly and so fast when you think that something's not going to change or shift. And so um, he started talking to me about um, the oils are essential this season. And, uh, you know, Pastor Vicki had brought forth about the oil, the honey, and the wine. And she started talking about how... Um, she started talking about the, the, the ten virgins, and she went into the spill. We'll, we'll get there, but I just want to, like, flow with the Spirit of God this morning and just have freedom in that um, because the oil is extremely, extremely important. Um, I know in the world aspect, essential oils are key right now. Like, I'm telling you, like, they, um, everybody buys them. They're very expensive, and they will spend loads of money on it. And I was thinking about that yesterday as Pastor Vicki was sharing her heart about oil. And I said, you know, Lord, we have the most expensive oil from the Lord that we don't value it enough. And here we are trying to purchase this other kind of oil that doesn't compare to the oil of heaven that God gives us. And, you know, and, and we started talking about, you know, the different fragrances that they make. And this is to help you in this. And this is to help you in that. And I was just standing there and I was just praying to the Lord. And the Lord just started downloading stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's like, every single person has their own oil that, that is produced. That oil begins to get produced by the sacrifices. It gets, it gets uh, produced by the endurance of your race. Um, because when you're being pressured and you're being, pr and you're being pressed in situation, is what's supposed to come out of you is the oil. And if that's not what's coming out of us, then our valves are going to be empty. And we're not going to have nothing to pour out to others when they come to us. We're going to be like empty uh, oil bottles within ourselves, inside of us, and we're not going to have anything to pour out to somebody else. And so I was like, you know, Lord, I was like, you're speaking so loudly about this, about this oil. See, because if we turn to Exodus 30, 22, the Lord began to uh, share this with Moses. And if anybody knows, like, Moses was so amazing. He was very strategic in what God wanted to do for that generation. And, and he gave him a specific directions about oil. And here he is trying to do um, the Ark of the Covenant. And God comes and gives him specific direction in the anointing oil. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, collect choice of spices, 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh, six and one-fourth pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and one-fourth pounds of fragrant calamus, and 12 and a half pounds of cassia. Now, some of these you may know already because of how 
popular some of these oils are now, but they started back then. And then it says, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, also get one gallon of olive oil. Like a skilled incense maker, blend these ingredients to make a holy anointing oil. Use this scared oil to anoint the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the table, and all its utensils, and the lampstand, and all its accessories, and incense altar. The altar of burnt offerings, and all its utensils, and wash basin with its stand. Consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. And after this, whatever touches them will also become holy. And he gives them directions with the oil what to do with it. And it's a very deep thing because the Ark of the Covenant was always about intimacy. It was about going to a place with God in the tent of meeting. But see, before the Lord gave him that vision of the Ark of the Covenant, <clears throat> Moses used to go and pitch his tent and he would go in and spend time by himself with God. So before he caught the vision and the direction for others, he had to spend time with the Lord in the secret place by pitching the tent. And so he couldn't get all the details of the anointing oil for the Ark of the Covenant and the holies for the, for the other people until he went in first and he began to sacrifice his time with the Lord. And I think that our generation right now wants the oil, wants the anointing, but they're not willing to pitch their tent and get in intimacy with the Father. They want all the satisfaction of everything that comes with it, but they don't want to spend the time invested in it. And the Lord began to speak to me about this yesterday. And so <clears throat> when Moses pitched his tent, he could have easily pitched it right there where everybody was at. But he didn't. He pitched his tent on the outside of the camp. Because there was too many distractions and too many things in the inner camp part that he knew that he had to pull away somewhere quietly by himself to seek God's face. Some of us are trying to be in a distractive mode with busyness, and I speak for myself in this, with busyness all every day, every day. My, my knee right now is like messed up a bit. And my husband and me, we had a conversation this past week, and he says, it's because you don't slow down. You're just too busy. And I, and, and I took it because I was like, well, maybe I am too busy. Sometimes we need people to tell us to slow down. Sometimes we need people in our lives to come and say, hey, you need, you need, to, you need to rewire some things. You need to regroup. And so I started thinking about that, and I said, you know what, God? I said, you're right. There's too many distractions everywhere in our lives. We're too busy. And we have to regroup ourselves and we have to pitch our tent away from the camp sometimes where there's no distractions and we can have our intimate time with you. And, and you know, when Moses would go into the, the, the tent that he would pitch, he would go in the tent and everybody there began to get on their face and pray. The intercession began to be birthed. And here these people are, they, because they knew Moses was going in that tent and something good was going to happen. 
They knew that when Moses walked out of the pitching of the tent, when he came out of being with God, that something good was going to happen. So it wasn't just about Moses and his intimate time with the Father. But it was about Moses getting something for a whole generation. That's why they came with expectancy. But Moses couldn't give the people there what they needed by his own will and his own self. He had to get it from God. And so many times we try to do things with our own will and our own ways. And God's like, have you pitched your tent? Have you gone into the tent of meeting with me to seek my face and, and really get direction and details of what I want you to do this season? Or have you just been hearing all these things around you and not really seeking for yourself? See, because the oil, when, he, when it was first created in the tabernacle, it was, it was very detailed. It was about the holiness, being in the holy of holies with God. When people would come to the tent of meetings, it was a display of what was going to come later. It was a display of what God was going to come and allow us to do. They had to do all kinds of things just to get in the meeting with God. They had to wash. They had to do this. They had to sacrifice. They had to go through this whole ritual before they even came before the Lord. And here we are. We have Jesus now, and we still complain and murmur, and we still can't pitch the tent and get before the Lord because everything else in our lives becomes more important than pitching the tent and getting in the tent of meeting with God. And then we're like, well, why did, why did I get hit so bad? Why did I go through this situation? How did the enemy even get to me? Well, have you pitched your tent and been in the tent of meeting? Because God would have given you very detailed instructions with strategy of how to do something. He doesn't hold anything back. So we, we go and we read on Matthew 25. See, when we're going through pressing, we think we're the only ones. We're the only ones being pressed. We're the only ones being stretched. We're the only ones, you know, having to go through something, poor us. You know, we don't look at anybody else but ourselves. And we don't understand that there's a bigger picture to think bigger of a kingdom and not just ourselves. So when you come to God, you have to begin to God, okay, if these attacks are coming, if I'm struggling and having a hard time in these areas, there's a bigger picture here. Because it's not about us, it's about the Lord. So if the attacks are coming, why are they coming? And what are we going to do about them? That's the thing. So let's go to Matthew 25. It said, at the time my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom, Rom, can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, and they took flask of olive oil for, with their lamps. Five were prepared five were not prepared. Some had oil, some didn't. When the bridegroom didn't come, when they expected, <laughs> they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. That speaks volumes. 
So many of us are going to sleep because our bridegroom hasn't come when we expected him to come. Even in situations and circumstances in our life, he has not showed up when we expected him to come. So here we go, falling asleep and not being keen in the spirit to what God is really saying to us. And so they fell asleep. Then suddenly, in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout. Get up! The bridegroom is here! Come out and have an encounter with him! <laughs> so all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. How many times do we depend on church or things we watch on Facebook or ministers we watch on Facebook to get their oil? When God has specific oil that only you can go get for yourself, and here you are, I'll get their oil, I'll make it by just a little bit, Till next week when we have service again, I'll make it by to the next time we get together. I'll make it by to the next time that, you know, we have something at the church going on. And God's like, no, you don't just want enough oil just to get by. It's not just about getting by. In the heavens, there's an overflow. There's an abundance of oil that we have access to. But we're not taking advantage of that oil. There's a price on that oil. There's value on that oil. And let me tell you, people around the world are paying crazy amounts of money for oil right now. Oh, I want to make my house smell good. Oh, this is going to help me feel better. Let me rub this oil on me. There's nothing against that. But I'm saying is that God has pure oil from heaven for us to partake of that is much more powerful than any oil that man could create. And it, 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 it all comes, the essential oils come from an extract of plant, right? It's from a plant, right? And so here we have olives that are pressed and pressed and pressed that create the olive oil for us to have. But yet we have this oil from heaven we can begin to create inside of us. And because we're being pressed, we think, oh, God's left us. Our bridegroom hasn't shown up. No, you're being pressed because you're supposed to press in. You're being pressed because it's time to press in. You're being pressed because it's time to press in, not to walk away from what he's already spoken. The pressing into him is what creates the oil. The endurance to keep going when you want to give up is when you find the oils just coming, splashing out in abundance. It's not when, when you're at your prime or everything's going well and everything's, you know, perfect. No, that oil comes when you're being pressed. We, so let's go on reading. It says on... Um, it says, we can't, we can't, they replied, we don't have enough for all of us. So here comes, uh, <laughs> they're asking the others, the five are asking the others for some oil, and they're like, we can't, we don't have enough for all of us. And then it says, you'll have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying oil, <laughs> the bridegroom appeared. 
Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. Later, the five foolish girls running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us come in. But he called back, go away. Do I know you? I can assure you, I don't even know you. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert. Because you don't know the day or the hour when the bridegroom will appear. Let me tell you, we've got to awaken. Because this oil that he's pouring out to us right now is bringing strategy. It's coming in power. We can no longer go being dry anymore like they were saying this morning. We can no longer live on our old manna and think it's going to get us by this another season and barely make it on the crumbs. The crumbs are not going to work. There's an abundance and an overflow that God's trying to give us. And I went and I was looking up some videos last night of what it really looked like for the oil, to, the olive oils to be pressed. And there's this machine, they, it grinds it up. It grinds it up. And after it gets grinded up, they put it on these pallets that are stacked on each other. And this machine comes and squooshes all the olive pieces together. And you just see the oil just pouring out of the sides. And it's so beautiful. And I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, we're being pressed, God. We're being pressed. We're going through the pressing. But the out result of the pressing was beautiful. It was pure olive oil seeping from these big old pallets of olives that were being pressed. And instead of us complaining and murmuring about the pressing, let's give thanks for the pressing. Let's be thankful for the pressing because our ultimate goal is to look more like our Father. It's, you know, I, you know, the Lord's been really telling me this, and he says, you know, the oil you produce, Alice, is not the same oil your husband's going to produce. The oil that other people are going to produce is not going to look like your oil, and their oil's not going to look like your oil. Each one of us has an oil production that we are called to make with, within ourselves because we all have a different purpose and we all have a different destiny that God is trying to mold us into. And he's trying to teach us to walk with him in that purpose and destiny. I was telling the ladies yesterday, I said, he may not tell you to pack your things and move to another state. He may not tell you, you know, to do crazy stuff. He may just tell you to go to your neighbor and love on them. Simple stuff. But whatever he's telling you to do, you have to begin to do it. because, Not because you have to, but because you're in love with the bridegroom. The love with your bridegroom is what moves you to do things. Nothing else. Not because you want a, a name or a title or because you want everybody to know you did something. No, the love of your bridegroom that you begin to have. And if you don't have that intimate time with your bridegroom, guess what? The enemy will come in. He will pull you away from your bridegroom. He will make you believe lies that are not even there. He will speak things to you as being the bride, as being the bride, lies and deceptive things to pull you away from the very thing you're called to. 
And it's up to you for you to discern that and say, no, my Jesus wouldn't say that. My bridegroom wouldn't say that. But how would you even know not to be deceived? Because you're pitching your tent and you're getting in that secret place and you're spending time with him and you're getting to know your bridegroom. Because if you don't know your bridegroom well enough, the enemy will come and deceive you and pull you in different directions you were never meant to go. But if you have not been in that secret place and you're too busy doing ministry and you're too busy going this and doing that, or maybe you have a business and you're too busy in your business, and I've had to call people. God gives me dreams in the middle of the night and I've had to call people. And I've had to tell them, look, I don't know what's going on over there where you're at in a whole different state, but it's time for you to get in your secret place. Because the enemy's trying to come and knock you off your horse. And you'll be knocked off if you don't get in that secret place. Because, see, our purpose and our destiny has never been about us. It's been about a bigger thing. It's been about a bigger, a bigger um, design that we can't even capture it in our mind. So we, we try to bring it here for us to understand and God's way out here. And so, yeah, the enemy will try to come in if we're not spending time with him in that secret place. The woman anoints Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 26, 6. It says, Then Jesus went to Bethany to the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy, and a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus and in a lavish gesture of devotion, she poured out the costly oil, and, is, and it cascaded over his head as he was at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were offended. What a total waste. They grumbled. We could have sold it for a great deal of money and given it to the poor. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, why are you critical of this woman? I see critical all the time. Get on Facebook. You'll see everybody being critical about one another. It's not the spirit of God. And then it says, why are you critical of this woman? She has done a beautiful act of kindness for me. You will always have someone poor whom you can help but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body for burial. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will also be mentioned in memory of her. And that's what's happened. See, they couldn't understand what Jesus was doing. They didn't understand that she was preparing him for, his, for him going and going through that whole process. They didn't understand any of that. So they spoke out of their flesh. They spoke out of their flesh of the situation, and they were not seeing it in the eyes of God. And here comes Jesus explaining to them, you don't know, you're coming in with a critical spirit, judging this woman and judging the situation and you have no idea the power 
that is upon this woman, his pouring this expensive oil that she had to sacrifice for that oil. It wasn't just something that was given to her. She had to sacrifice for that oil in order for her to bring it to Jesus, and she saved it in this flask and then came and poured it on him in the timing of the Lord. It wasn't just, I'm going to pour it and pour it and pour it just because I can. It was like, no, the perfect timing of heaven. It was so strategic, the timing and the place and what God was doing in that season. There, it, it couldn't have been put together more perfectly than that. The definition of, of um, essential is absolutely necessary. We go and we read on Jesus because we think, well, you know, here we are going through these pressing moments in our life and nobody really understands me in this pressing. Nobody gets what I'm going through. Nobody gets the situation that I'm dealing with. But I'm going to tell you right now, God does. Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Let's go read that real quick. So this is how important the oil is and the representation of it. That before he went to go through the whole resurrection process and go through all the things Jesus went through, God took him back to the Mount, the Mount of Olives, Yosemite. There's a representation there of the importance of the oil that first he had to get anointed with the oil by the woman who they, they didn't think was um, qualified to do it. And some of us are here saying we're unqualified to do things, and here this woman is, is unqual unqualified by the eyes of people to pour this oil, and then takes him to the mountain of where the olive trees were at in Yosemite. And you want to talk about some pressing. Let's read about this pressing Jesus went through. Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the Oil Press. He told them, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. However, an incense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. See, this is the enemy. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. And it feels as though I'm dying. Some of our situations make us feel like that sometimes, right? Like we don't see any solution or any result. We feel like we're dying sometimes and we don't know what to do. Stay here and keep watch with me. He gives them an assignment to keep watch. Then he walked a short distance away and overcome with grief, he threw himself face down onto the ground, and he prayed. My father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. 
We were talking about the, the, the angels being sent out this morning. Here's the angel coming, and Jesus is in his pressing state. He's being pressed by the enemy. He feels like he's dying. He's in agony. He's going through this process in his spirit already before something else happens. He's on the mountain of olives in the oil press. So prophetic about what God's doing right now at this moment. Some of us are being pressed. We're going through the oil press. He goes to the mountain with God. He goes up higher. Then the angel comes and strengthens him. Later he came back to his three disciples and found them all sound asleep. Here's this sleepy thing again. They were falling asleep after, after Jesus had told them to keep watch. That, to me, spoke of the intercession. He put them there to intercede. He put them there to take their position of being watchmen, and here they are going to sleep. And I'm like, you've got Jesus there. Like, in my mind, I'm reading this, and I'm like, you have Jesus there. Jesus is giving you an assignment. Jesus himself in the flesh gave you an assignment, and here you are falling asleep. And your job was to be a watchman. I'm speaking to the intercessors right now. It is not time to sleep. You have an assignment. You have a responsibility to position yourselves and keep watch. And then it says, you go on, and let's keep on reading here because this is so powerful. And it says, he awakened Peter and said to him, do you lack the strength to stay awake for me for even just an hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spread from the time of testing. The time of testing. That you would be spread from the time of testing. You should have learned by now that your spirit is eager enough. Not by might, but by the spirit, right? But your humanity is weak. Then he left them for a second time to pray in solitude. This is Jesus pitching his tent in solitude. He said to God, my father, if there is not a way that you can deliver me from this suffering, then your will must be done. Not our will, but his will be done. He came back to the disciples and found them sound asleep again. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he left them and went away to pray the same prayer for the third time. See, everything, just like Jeff was saying earlier, everything's prophetic. He did this three times. We have the cross, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. This was already taking place in the Spirit before the act even happened. Then it says, when he returned again to his disciples, he awoke them again, saying, are you still sleeping and resting? Don't you know the hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men? Get up. And let's go, for the betrayer has arrived. 
That spoke volumes to me. Yes, the enemy's on the prowl. Yes, the enemy's trying to take us out. Yes, all these things are happening. The attacks are coming. The enemy's coming. But he's saying, wake up. The betrayer has arrived. He already, he's, he's not our friend. He's not going to come and make things better, the enemy. He's going to come and try to worsen things up for us. But Jesus says in that moment, get up, wake up, because your adversary has arrived. Your betrayer has arrived. What are you doing still asleep? Do people sleep in the middle of a war? No, they don't. They get up, they position themselves, and they take a stance of being sitting. We were speaking this morning about the standing on the foundation of love. How strong is love? I don't know about you, but love in my category is pretty powerful and strong because everything he did on the cross was of love. That's the foundation you stand on, that you don't go to sleep, that you take position and you rise up because the adversary has here. Yes, he's here. It's not time to sleep. It's not time for you to give up. It's not time for you to turn around and do something else and think God and Jesus lied to you about a vision about what you're called to do this season. He does not lie. He's not a liar. He tells you what you need because he's getting you prepared, just like the virgins. The ones that came prepared and the ones that didn't. We don't want the door to close on us and we don't have access to him anymore. We don't want our oil to be gone and we run out of oil. And let me tell you, in ministry, if you don't have oil, that's what keeps you going. You get burnt out. And there's a lot of ministers right now, pastors, that I've been reading about how the enemies come in and close their churches and knock them off their horses because there's no oil. Because they were too busy to get in the secret place, to pitch their tent, to get refilled of their oil. We have to get refilled with this oil. It's essential. It's absolutely necessary this season. If we're not going after the oil, if we're not in intimacy with him, the enemy will come and it is not time to sleep and it is not time to give up and it's not time to do something different just because the bridegroom didn't come when you thought he was going to come. You stay there in faith and you say, God, you're faithful. I know you're going to come. I'm your bride. Your promises you've already spoken over me are going to come to pass. You don't change your mind. So the door shut on those five virgins. But there's grace and mercy that comes in because of what Jesus did on the cross. That Jesus comes and he awakens us even now. He's waking you up this morning and he's saying, look, wake up, oh sleeper. Wake up, oh sleeper. Be alert. Don't go to sleep because I have some new things for you to do. I've got some really powerful things. See, Moses didn't move in power because of what he did. Moses moved in power because of pitching of the tent. 
That's where the power was. It was when he was on his face. It was when he was seeking God. It was when he was before the Lord. That's where the power came from. The power didn't come because Moses was this, yes, he was amazing. He was awesome. But that oil and that, that, that part that he was face to face with Jesus is where the power came from. And so many of us today are trying to move in the power of God and healings and signs and wonders. I see it all the time in Facebook. People sounding real good in their words. But I don't feel the power. And I don't feel the oil. And I don't feel the anointing coming from their mouth. And let me tell you, we cannot live like that anymore. When people get on our Facebook lives, they got to feel the oil. They got to feel the anointing of God. They got to feel the power of God coming through that media. When we first started our ministry with media revival, I'm telling you right now, that power came through the camera. Those things that people were seeing of his miracle acts came through that camera. And when people saw it, they were wrecked. I was watching this video last night with Catherine Coleman. See, it's a tool, power, the media, but we haven't done anything with it. We've only misrepresented the heart of God because we're not pinching the tent and saying, Jesus, what do you want me to say today to the world? What's on your heart for the body of Christ all around the world that you've given me this tool, Jesus, that I'm not just going to go swing it at my sisters and my brothers of revenge, of bitterness, of I'm going to get you back with another video. But you're going to use this weapon of warfare for something fruitful, for something good that is going to bring the oil by pitching the tent and saying, I, I guarantee you people that do these Facebook lives, I guarantee you they're not pitching their tent and getting before the Lord because they wouldn't say half the things that they've been saying when they get on there. This is powerful. I was watching this video last night of this lady. Her name was Corey Tinboon. And I never knew her like life story. I never I ran into it looking up videos on how oil is produced. And I knew that it was the Lord who wanted me to watch it. And as a pioneer, you go through these stages of being lonely. And you think you're all by yourself pioneering something that God's given you in vision. And I'm telling you, we're not alone. If you're a pioneer and you're watching, you're not alone and you're pioneering and you're plowing. God is with us. Her family had a watch. They had a business of um, fixing and making watches, which is so prophetic because it was the timing of the Lord that her and her family did what they did at that moment. They lived in Holland. And here she is telling her story with Catherine Coleman. And she talks about how one day she was locked up in the Holocaust camp because she helped many, many, I mean hundreds, maybe thousands of people get saved from the Holocaust. The Jewish people is what her purpose and her destiny was to save these people from being killed. They say in one time they saved 100 babies from being slaughtered and killed that were Jewish babies. This was her purpose and this was her destiny. This was um, the oil that was produced from this lady. And I saw it watching her last night through the media. And I said, oh, my God. She goes through this moment. She's locked up in this prison. And she cries out to Jesus. She said, Jesus, 
they had her in solitary all by herself. And she had nobody to talk to. She was there all by herself. And she cries out to God and says, God, I just can't do this anymore by myself. I just can't be here anymore by myself. I need, like, human contact. I need somebody to talk to. And all of a sudden, she says, a little ant comes out of the wall and comes into her prison. And she says, I knew it was the Lord. And the Lord began to speak to me, do that little ant. And the little ant comes out, and she starts being a friend to this ant and talking to this ant. And then the Lord begins to give a revelation on this ant that every time there was chaos that broke out in the camp, the ant would go back into the wall. And the Lord began to tell her, just like that ant goes into the wall in safety, I will keep you safe, and I will keep you under me, and I will keep you safe. I heard that yesterday, and I hear how so many believers complain of loneliness and how alone they are and how the enemy comes in and deceives them and pulls them to do things out of temptation that they have no business touching or doing. And it's a lie of deception from the enemy. And I said, if Corey Tinboon can come and be locked up in this prison and feel this loneliness and call on God of desperation, and all of a sudden an ant becomes her friend, then what are we doing? What are we doing with our loneliness? What are we doing with the attacks of the enemy? How are we pressing through those moments that we have? Because she figured out a way through the guiding of Holy Spirit. She said one day she had a cold, and she told her sister Betsy, she said, hey, Betsy, I have a cold and I have no handkerchief. And Betsy said, well, why don't you just pray for it? They're locked up in prison. They're not out running around where she could go buy one or she could just go ask somebody for one. They're locked up in prison. And the prisons back then were horrible. I mean, dirt, muddy floors, cold, ugly. And her sister tells her, well, why don't you just pray for one? Her friend worked in another department during the Holocaust, and she would cut pieces of the sheets to make handkerchiefs. So her friend comes by her little prison thing, going from work back to where she's supposed to be locked up, and her friend comes and says, hey, I brought this for you. I had you in my heart today as I was in prayer this morning. And it brings her this folded up handkerchief. And then she says, Corey Timboon says, how did you know to bring this to me? I have a cold. And she says, because I just felt like an impression in my heart that God said to bring it to you. See, God brings us everything that we need when we need it. There's no reason for us to feel in lack or in want or that we're missing something of fulfillment in our lives when he brings us every aspect that we need at the moments we need it. He's never too late and he's never too early. So whatever you think that you missed out on or God hasn't brought you yet, think about Corey Tinboon. Think about how she pressed through. She eventually made it out of the camp to come and sit with Catherine Coleman to do this video about how she pressed through those. She was locked up for years. But God created her to do that. 
she couldn't have made it without the Lord. There was another part of the story she tells. You know how the saying is, God turns everything bad to good? They're in there, and her sister eventually comes and joins her in this camp. And uh, she was so upset because they had hay to sleep on, and there was lice and there was fleas. And she tells Betsy, Corey tells Betsy, she goes, you know, Betsy, this fleas and this lice are horrible. They brought us into a worse place than we were before. And Betsy tells her, no. She's like, you just need to pray because, watch, this is going to be good for us. She was always, like, in this good place with Jesus, her sister. And she said her sister was the most impactful person in her life. So what happens is there, there was only supposed to be 200 in this room, and they had 700 people there. This is how bad it was in this place. So she goes, and um, because of the lice and the fleas, the men of the army there never came over there because they didn't want to be attacked by the fleas and the lice. So what they did is they got to minister every day to these 700 people every day sitting in their, in their prison cell every day. And Betsy comes and tells her, I told you. I told you that the lice and the fleas would be to our advantage and the Lord would use us and get honor and glory in this process. Even though it seemed bad in the natural, in the spirit, through the eyes of the Lord, it was a good thing for them. Because they, guess what? If they didn't come, if those soldiers didn't come, they didn't get the beatings. They, they didn't have to go through a lot of stuff that maybe some of the others were going, having to go through at that time. But I'm telling you, every bad thing that's in your life right now that you view as bad is not so bad. It's going to be used for good. There's going to be a shift. There's going to be a turnaround right now if we can just get ourselves to pitch the tent. Where is your tent of meeting? That's what the Lord told me to tell everybody today. Where is your tent of meeting? If you do not have a tent of meeting, you need to have one. You need to begin to ask the Lord, where is my tent of meeting, God? Where do I go to get away from every distraction? And I go and I be just with you and me together. That you begin to come and in this pressing time that oil begins to be created. And there's such an overflow of oil that the oil that wherever I walk the oil begins to trickle down my body and I begin to leave the oil on the ground wherever I walk. Wherever you walk, as you spend time, private time with the Lord, it creates oil inside of you. And that oil will begin to trickle down and it leave an impact on the earth. And when you get oil on something, it's real hard to get rid of. You get a little bit in your hair or your face and it, everything becomes all full of it. Just a little bit of oil, just a little bit of oil that you could have, you'll begin to leave markings on the earth of the oil God has specially created you to begin to produce in the Spirit with Holy Spirit. And as you walk, you're going to walk in power because of that oil in the secret place. Not what you're doing in busyness here. It's you pitching your tent, getting before the Lord face to face with God and saying, God, I just want to spend time with you. 
Don't come in with your little list and say, God, I need this, I need that, I need this. Uh, what about this, God, and what about that? No, how about you just come into your tent just loving Jesus? Amen. Jesus was pressed just like we are right now. And let me tell you, he kept telling God, God, if, this, if, if you can, let this cup pass me. Asked him three times, God, if you, if you can, let this cup pass me. I know there's been times in my life where I've asked God the same thing. God, if, you're, if it's your will, can you let this cup pass me? When I'm going through a hard time and I'm struggling and I want to just like go be somewhere else, God comes in and God says, no, it's not time yet. You got to press in. Yes, you're being pressed. Partake of the oil. Let the oil begin to loosen things up, make things easy for you in the process. I think Pete last Sunday shared on that, how the oil comes and, and it oils things up in your life and makes things easy. Why does it make it easy when you're pitching your tent and being face-to-face -face with the Lord in the secret place? Because your view and your perspective of things are different. They're not the same. When you're here in your mind, and just working off your mind with anxiety and worry and all these things, you can't see things the way God sees them. And that's what Corey was talking about, Betsy, how Betsy was seeing through the eyes of the Lord, these fleas and ticks, the, the fleas and the lice are going to be to our advantage. Watch. But Corey couldn't see that. Some of us need to get back to pitching our tent, being before the Lord, taking time out and being before him. Let's just stand this morning. I was sharing with the women yesterday. I said, you know, if you ask the Lord to show you your oil, he will. I have. I've asked the Lord in moments where I've been on my face for days, for hours, I used to be on my face when my ministry first started. And I tell everybody this, that my ministry was birthed, not behind a pulpit. My ministry wasn't birthed when I went and ministered for the first time. My ministry was birthed pitching the tent and being on my face before the Lord. Everything you see right here, that's not where it came from. It didn't come from man. It didn't come because I was this great person. It came from me being on my face for hours at a time with the Lord in the beginning of my ministry. And sometimes we have to get back to the place of being on our face again, being with the Lord again for hours at a time and just sitting before him, not saying a word. We don't have to say anything every time we come before his presence. You know, when, when the cloud shows up and the hovering of the Holy Spirit is there with you, you can't talk. You can't do anything. Your brain is trying to get you to function and do something, but your physical body becomes so weighty with his presence that you can't say or do anything. You just want to lay there and receive all God has for you. And that's the difference. We think that we've tapped into something, but we haven't. There's more. This is just the beginning, everybody. This is just the beginning. We've, we've, we have felt some trinkles of the oil, but we haven't had a lot of the oil come bursting out.
the way it should. And I really believe this morning, this is a, a very timely word and message for us all. You know, I was, I was praying yesterday and I was asking the Lord some questions. And something that was revealed to me was this. He says, you know, one of the signs of a dying person, even a dying animal, is the loss of appetite. And I, I remember my, my, I had a, a Labrador that was with us for, for many years. He's like my family, my, my, my Troy. And uh, when he started getting sick, the first thing that we saw was he didn't want to eat no more. He stopped wanting to eat. And what would happen was he would go and he would separate himself. And I remember hearing a, a veterinarian say this. He said, you know, when they know they're going to die, what they'll do is they'll go and they'll find a place to lay away from everybody around them. And they go there to die. And I really feel like this morning the Lord is wanting to awaken some of us this morning. Because see, what happens in the natural always represents something of the Spirit. Because of the same token is this. One of the first things you see when somebody's coming to life is they wake up hungry. <laughs> Listen, let your spirit hear this. I've seen people resurrected. I've heard stories. But even people that are in the hospital that have been in coma, and you know, the, their body's healing and they're getting better. The first thing that happens when they, when they come back to life is they say, man, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry for more. So listen, this morning, where you're at, this is a, this is a time of self-evaluation for yourself. If you find yourself right now in a place where you're not hungering for more of God, if you find yourself in a place that you're just there, your spirit is dying. Listen to what I'm saying. Because if your appetite is not hungry for more, then your spirit is dying. Because when you're living, your spirit is hungry for more. And this word about the oil this morning, I believe it's so timely. <laughs> because the Lord wants to revive us. He really does. It's an awakening for us this morning. You know, and I, I'm, not the, I'm never that guy, and I don't ever want to be that guy that I feel like I have to do an altar call, and I don't, because I know there's times for us just to be able to receive from the Lord. But there is something about agreeing with heaven. Because, see, when we begin to do an activation in faith, you see, I can receive all I want right here, but when I do this, I'm saying, God, here I am. I step into that place. 
I come into agreement with the very thing that God is speaking over my life. So this morning, I'm going to have Peter do worship for us. They're gonna, we're going we're gonna to close the service in worship. I just want to share something before we get into this prayer because um, this morning, you know, I was so worried about what I was going to look like up here, not being prepared in the natural with everything I needed. And the Lord began to speak to me through that. And he says, just, just keep dying to yourself, baby. Just keep dying to yourself because they're going to see me. They're not going to see you. So what does it matter what you look like when it's about me? Just begin to die to yourself. He's just chopping up some areas off of us that we need not care about anymore because they don't even matter. Because if anything else they see besides Jesus in us, then it doesn't matter anyways. It doesn't matter. So this morning, you feel like you've been running a little low on the oil. I just feel this morning there's an activation for you to get refilled. If you've been finding yourself in a place of, I'm not hungry anymore. You feel like your spirit is dying. But you're going to church and you're doing everything the right way. You're doing everything that looks good. I go to every service, I pray, I read my Bible, but you're just not hungry. We're going to pray this morning. If that's you, can you step forward? Because we're going to pray in activation this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Come on. I'm telling you what, there's something about saying yes to the Lord. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to receive this too. I'm stepping forward because I want more. I want the oil. There's something about the oil. Who says no to the increase? Only a crazy person would. I'll move forward. I don't care what I look like. I'll move forward for the more. God, help us understand that it's not about us, God. Help us understand it's not about how we look. It's not about how we're dressed, God. It's not about our past, God. It's not even about what happened this morning, God. It's all about you, Jesus. Every purpose, every destiny is being unfolded this morning, God. And oil comes and rubs on the unfolding of the purposes and the destinies upon your people, God. So I pray, Lord, oh, let us be vessels, God. God, if we're empty, God... If our flask has become empty, God, forgive us this morning, Lord. Forgive us this morning, Lord, for not wanting the more, God. 
Forgive us of, of making it things that they were never meant to be about, God. God, I pray, Lord, this morning, God, that you would bend over from heaven, God, that the door wouldn't be shut, God. God, we're crying out to you this morning. Oh, we're crying out to you this morning, God. A cry of desperation, God. Oh, we need you, God. We can't do anything without you, God. We need you, God. Oh, Jesus. Make us hungry again, God. Make us hungry again, God. Stir up our bellies this morning, God, to want the more, God. Oh, let the hunger come, God. We've been starving way too long, Jesus. <laughs> oh, we just come and sit at the table with you this morning, God. We come sit at the table with you, God. <laughs> oh, just as the disciples did, God. They came and they sat at the table with you, God. Your Judas and your Johns all sat at the same table, God. You didn't care, God. You didn't care what they looked like, God. You didn't care what kind of things they had done, God. You didn't care about anything. You loved all of them the same, God. You loved them all the same, God. God, we come to you this morning, God. Oh, with our vessels. Oh, with our vessels emptied, God, that you would come fill it this morning, God. Open up. Send the oil. Open up my heart. The oil of intimacy, God. The oil of intimacy, God. Lifetime. Wrote a song for every day. Still there'll be no way to say, oh, how you love me. If I lived a thousand lifetimes, wrote a song for every day. Still there'll be no way to say, oh, how you love us. If I lived a thousand lifetimes, wrote a song for every day, still there'll be no way to say, oh, how you love me, oh, how you love, oh, how you love. Just begin to close your eyes. God, that every distraction would leave right now. The rocks cry out for me. You have given me everything. I won't let the rocks cry out for me. You have given me everything. Yeah, I 
So if you can put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, every person in the front that's up here praying, come on, let's, 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 let's make a complete line. Let's not leave no gaps. Father, we thank you, God, right now. We thank you from this point on, God. There will be no more gaps in the wall. Father, we thank you for the awakening right now, God. We thank you for the seeds of destiny, God. We thank you, God, for your presence, God. We thank you, God, for the fresh oil, God. We thank you for the awakening, God, right now, God. And let the winds of change begin to blow in this place and we speak god personal revival personal revival make us hungry god oh jesus we just thank you god and right now god we stand in agreement we stand in union united god and we say father have your way. Have your way in us. Have your way. Destiny and purpose. Your power, your presence, and your glory. Right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And